Hey, it's Pat. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. In case you're not familiar with me, I've been helping people retire for over 20 years now, author of the book, Save Your Retirement, and host of the Save Your Retirement radio show. Our goal with this show is to provide you with valuable and timely information to help you plan your retirement, or if you're already retired, help you make the most of it. Ultimately, we want to help you use your money to accomplish your goals and dreams and to help you avoid any stress and fear with your finances and instead replace those with confidence and peace of mind. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe so you won't miss future episodes. Also, if you'd like to give us a great rating, it would mean so much to us and it helps get the word out so we can share this valuable information with others. Thank you so much. And now here's this week's episode. This radio show is a paid placement. You've read his books. You see him on television. You follow him on social media. And you can listen to him talk about life and retirement right here, right now. He is Pat Struby, and this is Save Your Retirement, presented by Preservation Specialists. Is there a magic number you should try to save for your retirement? There are a number of factors to consider when you're trying to determine if you've saved enough, and Pat will cover that today and much, much more. We are so glad you're here with us. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Pat is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He is the author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. And Pat, we're going to get into the numbers here in just a moment, but I hope you're doing great this week and that all is well with you and your family. How are you doing? Yeah, uh, I am good. Yeah, just uh, soaking up the summer. And, um, you know, Gabby and I are eight and seven. And yeah. uh, as I like to say, I'm just trying to enjoy every moment before they uh, get a little older and start to hate me. That's, so. right. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm glad your days aren't totally numbered yet. Um, but maybe a, <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe a little bit. I don't I don't know. And it's just so hard because we're all enjoying summer. And then before you know it, we're going to be saying things like, I can't believe they're already back in school. I can't believe yes. this or that. I mean, it does, it does just fly by. It really does. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And it, within so many things, and I'm sure for people, they might even say that to you as they're getting close to retirement, Pat, where it's like, gosh, I just feel like it was just yesterday. I was starting out and just, you know, you have all these memories of your very first job right out of college <laughs> or right out of high school or whatever. And then... All of a sudden, here you are knocking at retirement's doorstep. I mean, it, time just flies. That is absolutely correct. And the older we get, the more it flies. Hmm. So it's my first job. The kids were young. Now they have kids. The circle of life is its just fascinating. Yeah. And just so interesting to talk with people and learn about their story and, you know, what it's like for them. Yeah. You go to work. You're doing all the things that you have to do to function in society while <laughs> saving and doing all these things. And it's no wonder that people have questions when they get to retirement because you've been focused on your career and doing all these things. And now you're just wondering, okay, have I done enough? I think that really brings me to our topic today. There's a new retirement survey that says Americans believe they need to save $1.27 million, so almost mm. $1.3 million, okay. in order to retire comfortably. I guess my first question to you, Pat, is how much stock do we put into reports like that or estimates like that? Because we hear a lot of those types of numbers being thrown out. Yeah. I am going to assume when it says a new retirement survey, that means 
it's possible some people answered that without giving it a lot of thought. Yes, so, some people somewhere thought of it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so I'm going to say not putting too much stock in it. And um, the thing about, I just absolutely love what we do and, and our other advisors love what we do. And part of what's fun about it is everyone's different. That's our entire model as a company is, you know, we build custom built retirement plans and there's no cookie cutter approach. This is a great example of that. We have clients that retire successfully with very little in their nest egg. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be possible if you have a huge pension and social security and, you know, you don't spend that much, you wouldn't need any nest egg, theoretically, you know, maybe just an emergency reserve. But we've also met people who, uh, you know, might need literally millions of dollars because of the lifestyle that they're looking to have in retirement. And maybe they don't have a pension and maybe, you know, there's issues with their social security benefits or things like that. So, you know, the nest egg is just one piece. So to me, I understand, you know, this is a great kind of media topic for getting clicks online and things like that. And maybe 1.2 million is maybe for someone listening right now, maybe that is your number, but mm-hmm. there's no way we're going to know until we, we did a lot more digging. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's an interesting topic because we're all trying to figure out how do I know when I have enough so that I can retire. So right. I, I do understand the, the fascination and the interest of that. It's just, of course, there's no simple answer to it. So when you talk a little bit about we have to do some digging here, tell me what that looks like. How do you help people analyze what they've saved so far to help them figure out if they've saved enough or or if some other steps need to be taken? Yeah, I think, Jen, over and over and over again, when we talk with people, we say, how can we help you? What are you interested in? What are you concerned with? And what's so common is someone saying, I want to know when I can retire, which part of that is, do I have enough or will I have enough? And then the last piece of that is how do I make sure it'll last? How do I make sure it doesn't run out? I mean, all three of those are all kind of bundled into the same topic, right? So how do we do that? Well, that's part of our entire process of building. You you start off that retirement plan with a written retirement income plan. To do that, we have to figure out what you think you're going to be spending in retirement. Of course, we know that you may not have that perfectly, uh, but we need to kind of drill down to some kind of range to have an idea. Mm -hmm. And by the way, there's no judgment there. Different people spend different amounts and that's okay. We deal with finances. That's just going to be part of the deal. And then then we just kind of look at all your stuff. We joke about kind of like a financial junk drawer that we all collect. You've got a 401k now. You've got three other ones from other jobs. There's statements around here somewhere, right? What other benefits do you have? Do you have any pension benefits? What's Social Security going to look like? How are we going to piece together this income in retirement? And then once we have all those types of things, then we can run some scenarios and figure out where you stand uh, and if you're on track for what you're trying to accomplish. And we've talked about this before, Pat, the fact that so many people, for them, a big concern is outliving their money. So how do we find the right balance between growth to help ensure we've saved enough and keep pace with inflation, things like that, but also preservation of our retirement savings? Because there has to be a bit of a balance there, right? Well, actually, the answer to that, Jen, is that the answer is it's a secret. Oh, Oh, now, the good news is I wrote the book on that called The Retirement Secret. Literally, you wrote like the book. Like what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the entire premise of my second book, The Retirement Secret, is exactly that, which is kind of the idea, the model of the visualizing. If you imagine you know, a three-story home and you've got a foundation down at the bottom, that's your first level. That's your safe and guaranteed money, your bank accounts, your guaranteed annuities, things like that. Up at the top, you've got the roof of your house. That's your growth money. That's your stock market. Uh, You're willing to take risk with it money. And then the middle section, the walls of your house, it's everything in between. So it's uh, lower risk investments, dividend paying investments, trying to generate income in that kind of a way. So that's the beauty of that very simple analogy is it takes the 
crazy complicated world of investing and simplifies it into an image that we've had so many people just say the families that depend on us have just really really liked that uh, because it gives them something easy to understand and helps them figure out what balance is right for them and again the beauty of that is we don't tell you every single client is going to have this percentage we want to custom build that for you and make sure your house looks the way it should for you because mm -hmm. you may be in a different stage of life you may have different comfort with risk uh, you may have different needs as far as income goes in retirement so all of us are different so we should be able to build that financial house differently and if you're not sure how your investments are set up for retirement or if you're concerned maybe it's too safe or too risky or not sure how to create dividends out of those types of things for retirement, call us at 803-9-RETIRE. Our advisor would be happy to do a portfolio review for you at no cost and no obligation as a listener of the show. To get started again, that number is 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. I'm Jen Rizak alongside 803-9-RETIRE is that number again. Now, as we talk a little bit today, Pat, about determining how much we need to save, one analyst says, and I, I really like this quote, I want to get your reaction to this. He says, the amount you save is, quote, not just about your expenses, but it's also the mentality of feeling assured that you can spend money throughout retirement. So it's kind of like there's more than just math here when it comes to what you save, right? Yeah, that's so true, Jen. You know, in, in researching for my book, you know, one of the areas that was interesting was you know, different people have very strong opinions about things like annuities that pay monthly income for you that have like a lifetime guarantee. And one of the studies that was interesting is they said people with a lifetime income annuity have more peace of mind. Generally, this is obviously being surveyed uh, more satisfaction with retirement. And the other interesting thing is they tend to live longer. Uh, which I thought was quite fascinating. Really? So I don't know if they're wow. just trying to outlive the annuity company or, or what, <laughs> what got, the idea They got something there. to prove there. <laughs> yeah, but, but that is a very real thing when you are looking at your nest egg and you're drawing money out, especially when you've had 20, 30, 40 years you've been trying to build this. You're trying to see those numbers get bigger and bigger and bigger. And now all of a sudden at some point in your retirement, maybe they're starting to drop that can cause a lot of anxiety. And so the last thing we'd want you to do is to go without when you didn't have to. So uh, it's a really interesting balance of, you know, trying to make sure we don't want the people that work with us to spend like crazy and go broke, but at the same time, we don't want them to not spend at all when that's not necessary. So there's a beautiful balance somewhere in the middle that it's difficult for any of us to attain, but that's what we're working towards. What are some of the strategies or some of the tools that some ways we can help make sure income will last as long as we need it to last? And I think it's important that we recognize that there are, there are a lot of different ways to approach preparing for retirement, right? Oh, yeah. And I think there's some things, some old rules that I think are just completely outdated. But the idea of a three-legged stool of retirement income is still legitimate. Mm -hmm. So those would be Social Security. So we want to do everything we can to make the most out of your Social Security benefits for your situation. There's pensions, which, of course, are disappearing. So mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have that one. And then your nest egg. So for a lot of people, it's just Social Security and your nest egg. So how do we create income out of your nest egg? And that comes back to the idea of like that retirement secret. You know, the book talks about how there's certainly a place to have your growth investments in retirement, but that's generally not what we want to use for income. We want to have something like an annuity with a lifetime income guarantee, or we want to have investments that are designed for income, you know, something that's going to pay dividends of, you know, let's say four or five or 6% or something like that. Those types of things take away that risk. The situation we don't want to put you in is if and when the stock market drops 30 or 40 or 50%, 
You don't want to be in a situation where you have an advisor that's saying, hey, you need to spend less money. That's not a situation I've ever had anyone tell me they, they would be happy to have. So, <laughs> so we want to make sure we're avoiding that. We want to make sure that you don't have to worry about running out of money. And that all comes back to what are you counting on to generate that income? So what are some of the biggest risks to our income in retirement, Pat? What should we be watching out for? Well, I think um, as far as immediate risks, certainly being too risky and uh, you know and having all your money tied to the stock market if it crashes, that's a huge risk. But then taking a step back, bigger picture, the two things that affect all of us are going to be inflation and then longevity. You know, how long we live, how do we make sure that we never run out of money? And then, of course, with inflation, how do we make sure we still have the same buying power that we had before? Those are two things from my first book, Save Your Retirement, the two first villains. Uh, hmm. And so those are really important to be thinking about and making sure you have a plan to protect yourself. And we've said this before on the show, Pat, the last thing you want when you retire is to run out of money. And you think about all these factors, the economy, inflation, tax increases in the future. None of this is making it any easier for people who are trying to figure out when they can actually retire and, and afford to stay retired. Absolutely right, Jen. And running out of money is often the biggest fear for so many people that we work with. People get caught up in how much they've saved, but what you really need to think about is how much you will spend in retirement. Mm -hmm. What could it take for you to live your ideal lifestyle for the next 30 years? If you're listening right now and don't have a retirement income strategy, we invite you to call so we can help you create a spending plan to figure out how much you'll need for the retirement you've been dreaming about. Uncover some of the main risks of your retirement, including inflation, stock market risk, and potential tax increases. Learn about the options for generating income in retirement and learn about ways to keep your current standard of living in retirement, even as costs keep rising. There's no cost for this analysis and there's no obligation. It's just for listeners of today's show. Call 803-9-RETIRE and ask for your retirement income analysis. Once again, that number is 803-9-RETIRE. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We've got a lot more insights from Pat coming up on the other side of the break. Stay with us. John Farley here. According to the U.S. Debt Clock, in the time you hear this commercial, our nation's debt will go up by $1.5 million. That's more than $2 billion a day, $15 billion a week. Right now, our debt is over $31 trillion and climbing fast. The question is how do we pay it off? The answer, increasing taxes. Now think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are historically low or later when rates are potentially higher? Whether you should pay taxes now or in the future depends on a lot of things. The team at Preservation Specialists knows what to look for. Our advisors can help you create a plan so your retirement is as tax efficient as it can be. Call 803-9-RETIRE to set up a visit with an advisor at Preservation Specialists. That's 803-9-RETIRE. When taxes go up, will you be ready? Call now, 803-9-RETIRE. Securities offered through Arcadios Capital Member, FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Arcadios Wealth. Preservation specialists and Arcadios are not affiliated through any ownership. Have a question for Pat? Here's an easy new way to ask. Click on the radio tab at retirewithpat.com and record your question directly on the website. That's retirewithpat.com and click on radio. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak, happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. As we get back into it, if you hear something you'd like to get some answers on, 803-9-RETIRE is the number to call. The other place for you to go, scpreservation.com. If you click on the radio tab, you can leave your questions right there on the website. Uh, so again, scpreservation.com. Click on the radio tab and 
and find that Do You Have a Question button to record your question to Pat. Um, Pat, we have a really important topic that we want to talk about here in this part of the show. There is no way to truly prepare for something as devastating as the death of a spouse. And Mm. it's important for you to realize that you probably will not be capable of making solid financial decisions in your grief. It's just you're going to be so inundated with your emotions. And that's why we want to spend some time today talking about the steps you should take if this happens to you. And then what you can do, how you can make sure that you and your spouse are on the same page with your finances. And I'm sure, Pat, in your several decades in this industry, Uh, you've probably seen some of these situations where people are scrambling to react because they didn't talk some of these things through ahead of time. Yeah, that's absolutely true, Jen. And and of course, it's I haven't personally lost a spouse before. I can only imagine it has to be one of the most traumatic things that could ever happen in your life. I think after 25 years of experience and most of that working with retirees, so I've unfortunately been through that process a number of times. I think I've seen it so many times now. I at least have a little better understanding of it. And uh, it's, of course, incredibly devastating. But in addition to that, when you stack financial stress on top of it, I mean, that can be truly overwhelming. And and I think we've had uh, many people call us, you know, when their spouse has passed and they're just at a loss, you know, yeah. they, they don't even know where to start. And, um, you know, one, one simple example that I often provide, Jen, is uh, sometimes I think, you know, of course, we all deal with grief differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometimes people think, like, I have to call my financial planner, like, today because we have to change everything over. Mm-hmm. And, and the one thing we always teach everyone in our office to say is there's nothing from our office that you have to deal with right now. Like, yeah. spend time with your family, you know, grieve the loss of your spouse and let us know when you're ready. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. so that's kind of just the very basic starting point for someone that is a client of ours. Right, right. And the thing is, um, and I, I haven't lost a, a spouse either. I, I did experience a little bit about some of the immediate things that happened when my mom passed away mm-hmm. and watching my dad go through it. And so we will get into this here a little bit. And that is there are some things that we do just have to take care of right away as far as some notifications of things. Um, yes. Maybe not in the instant where, where something happens, but there are some things that need to happen a little bit quicker. And then there are some other things that we can kind of hold off on. So we'll get into that here in just a second. There's another reality that I want to just point out here as we start to get into this, and that is the fact that the World Health Organization says women tend to live between six and eight years longer than men on average. So not every time, because in my family, my mom died first, but most of the time, in a lot of cases, it's wives outliving their husbands that's another reality that we need to come to terms with, Pat. If maybe the wife has taken a back seat to some of the financial planning, um, how do you help them understand the reality that most of the time it will be the wife outliving her husband when we're talking about the financial plan? Yeah. In fact, Jen, in addition to that statistic uh, about women tending to live six to eight years longer than men, the one where this really hit home for me is is a statistic that's been verified that 80% of men die while they're still married and 80% of women die single. And that that's a really stark reality to me uh, when you think about, you know, how that affects most families. And what has worked uh, in our office is when we're going through, you know, anytime, you know, we talk about building a custom built retirement plan for our clients. And when we're doing that, we have to, of course, start off with what are your goals? What are your priorities? What do you want to accomplish? And 
you know, most of our clients are not yet retired. That's why they're hiring us to help them get to and through mm -hmm. retirement. Right. So for most people, the biggest priorities are how do I figure out when I can retire? How do I make sure I don't have to run out of money and go back to work? You know, things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And leaving a big pile of money to kids or grandkids is usually pretty low on the list. <laughs> and that's what, that's what most of us think of when we think of a term like estate planning. So I'm uh, finally coming back and answering your question, Jen. But what I mean by that is when I'm working with a married couple, I express to them that the first step of estate planning is to protect your spouse. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of a light bulb moment a lot of the times, uh, because a lot of times in, in families, you have one person that's the primary person handling investments and things like that. And one person who's either a secondary or just really isn't interested and not to be sexist or assume it's a hundred percent of the time, but it is more than half of the time that the man is handling that. And that can be a dangerous position. You know, if, if the husband passes away and was handling the finances, now you have a grieving wife who is, you know, scared to tears that she doesn't understand, you know, where the money's right. coming from or anything like that. So I think those are really important and valuable things to discuss early in the process. Right. And there are just, gosh, there's so many things going on with you mentally and emotionally when you're going through grief and, and just dealing with the, the loss of a loved one. Let's take a step here, Pat, for people who perhaps they they don't have a financial professional, they're not working with someone here at the moment. What are some of the things someone like that needs to do? Maybe they, they don't have a, a Pat Struby in their life that they can call right away. Yeah. What are some people that they need to notify upon the death of a spouse from a financial perspective? Yeah, if you uh, if you lose a spouse, uh, of course, uh, you know you have an incredible amount of emotion uh, and pain to deal with. It's also a time when you realize just how complicated being a grown up is because mm. there's so many yeah. different things you have yeah. to deal with, you know? So, you know, some of the things on our laundry list is you'd want to call, if you have an attorney, you'd want to call them, you know, especially if they put together any legal documents for you, like a will. Right. And tied to that is you'd want to locate your spouse's, you know, estate documents at that time. Um, you'd want to contact anyone involved with anything that could be an income stream for your spouse or like a death benefit. So that would be Social Security Administration, that would be their employer or former employers, and then if they had served in the military, that would be the Veterans Administration. Those are, to me, the things that I would say would be the first and foremost that would probably need to be done, you know, within uh, ideally, you know, a few weeks, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, and then you move on to all the other things you think about. What is my spouse? What is their name involved with? It could be utilities. It could be savings, investments, you know, property. And that just goes on and on and on. And so, and I think Jen, that's the reason, you know, so many people hire us is they want that in order for themselves. But if you're married, a lot of times they want to make sure their spouse is protected as well, or even, you know, that the kids, you know, it's not a mess for the kids. Like, like mm -hmm. you said, if you're dealing with things with parents, sometimes that kind of, kind of slips to the kids. And so that's, that's one of the reasons people hire us and they, they want to come in and talk with us. So uh, if you don't have someone, or if you're not sure you have a plan that's ready for those types of things, call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. We offer to our listeners what we call a five-step retirement review, uh, which is an opportunity to see where you're at and see if that you have those things in order and there's absolutely no cost and no obligation to take advantage of that offer all you have to do is call us now at 803-9-RETIRE 
talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. That number again is 803-9-RETIRE as we're talking a little bit about some of the things, some of the steps you need to take if something happens to your spouse. There are a lot of uh, different people you need to notify on the financial front. And there are some things, Pat, that we'll want to act rather quickly on, not others though. And and I will say this again, in, in my experience, with being there with my dad after my mom passed away, the funeral director will help you with some of these things as far Mm. as like figuring out how many death certificates you're going to need. They go through that kind of checklist for you. So that's helpful um, because it's kind of a hard thing. The last thing you're thinking about is, oh, yay, filling out paperwork with the state to get a death certificate. Mm. But they, they will help you with that. And Pat, I think there's also a need to let the Social Security Administration, the IRS, let them know because there's an opportunity for fraud there if they're mm. not aware that someone has passed away. So so there's a little bit of urgency for those things, but not with everything, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, you know, let's say you have an, an investment account with a company and you're not taking any money out of it or anything. It's just there. Well, that's not something you want to leave sit for a year or two, certainly. Right, right. But it's not something, you know, we have, we have people that call us the day their spouse passes. And, um, you know, it's good that they they have this responsibility, you mm-hmm. know, feeling, but that does not need to happen in the first week, certainly anything right. like that. And so it, it really is, like you say, you know, handling Social Security and the IRS and anything where you're getting monthly income, you know, on a regular basis. Those are things that are, you probably want to be quick on. But yes, so many of the other things, they can wait until you have some time mm-hmm. to kind of digest and kind of go through the grieving process. Is there any typical advice that you give as far as a time period to make big decisions on uh, maybe a big investment or, or a financial gift or anything along in, in someone's memory, for example? Is there a kind of a cooling off period that you typically recommend after someone? someone has passed away? I think that's a really, really good question. And I don't think there is one because everyone grieves so differently, Jen. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I have had people who I've said, hey, let's take a break. And, and they've said, you know what, this is actually causing me a lot of anxiety to let it sit. I'd rather meet more quickly. Mm-hmm. Now, that's simple stuff. Often, like, you know, just changing the titling on accounts. It's not making huge decisions on, like, shifting your investment accounts around or something like that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I think everyone needs to know, you know, themselves. And then also, you know, if you have close family members, if you have adult children, that can be involved. I think that's maybe back to your point, Jen, of not making foolish decisions or it could go as far as fraud, but a lot of times there's not fraud. It's just a situation of, you know, someone giving bad advice or, you know, trying to earn a commission or something like that. So I, I think anytime you have some some family that you trust that can be involved in helping you in those situations, I think that's good as well. And once again, if you don't have someone that you trust, a financial professional to talk to in times like that, give us a call at 803-9-RETIRE. We offer you a retirement review at absolutely no cost and no obligation. That number again is 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. That number again, 803-9-RETIRE. So we've talked a little bit about how you need to notify the IRS after your spouse passes away. So what does happen with things like your taxes and Social Security when your spouse dies? We'll walk you through those changes here in just a moment. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We'll be back. You've heard Pat on radio. Now you can see him on television. Tune in Sunday mornings during the 7 o'clock news on WIS-TV, Columbia's NBC Channel 10.
To get a portfolio review with no cost or obligation from the team at Preservation Specialists, call right now at 803-973-8473. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Pat is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He is also the author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. You can learn a little bit more by checking out the website scpreservation.com. You can also leave your questions for Pat. Go to the radio tab on that website and you'll find a way to record your questions to Pat, scpreservation.com. So today we've been talking a little bit about what to do with your finances after your spouse passes away. And Pat, we covered some of the initial like immediate things that need to be taken care of. But again, the reality is, we talked about this earlier, the statistics tell us that women statistically outlive men by about six years or so. It's unlikely that both members of a couple will pass away at the same time. So what kinds of things do we need to think about to help make sure that the surviving spouse will have enough to live on? Yeah, if you uh, if you are married and your and your spouse passes away, and we're thinking about things like social security and pensions, you know, first of all, with social security, this is one of those interesting ones, Jen, where some people have maybe studied it a little bit, and so they know some of the ins and outs, and and some people are really quite surprised by this. But for most people in most situations, let's say you're both retired and you're both receiving social security, if your spouse passes away, generally speaking, most of the time, the surviving spouse is going to receive the higher of the two social security payments and lose the smaller Mm. of the two. Now, a lot of times people find that surprising, and some people are frustrated that they're losing one, but a lot of people are shocked and thrilled to know that, that the surviving spouse gets the higher one. of the yeah, two. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, you know, in uh, couples that maybe had similar earnings histories, then you might be losing half of your income. Whereas if uh, one of the spouses stayed home with kids or something like that, their benefit may be substantially lower than the other. So it may be a much smaller difference. So that's an interesting thing that needs to be considered in your household. And of course, the challenge there is let's say your social security benefits are dropping in half, in most cases, if you are a married couple and one person passes away, your expenses are, are being reduced, but not anywhere close to 50%, right? Mm-hmm. Because you still right. have all of your utilities are, aren't going to change, you know, maybe the food costs and things like that. So that's one thing to think about. Now, if you have a pension, there could be a wild difference there. So a pension could have a 100% continuation to a spouse or it could stop. Um, so that's going to go depend on uh, what was chosen when the pension was started. Um, so if you you or your spouse have a pension and you're not absolutely sure what the spousal option is or what the spousal benefit is, that is one of those things we would definitely uh, encourage you to give them a call and check that out. And what we're talking about, Jen, is kind of a survivor income ratio. So take a the example. Let's say, let's say a married couple has $5,000 a month coming in and let's say the husband passes away. What we want to do, and this is part of our planning uh, as far as estate planning for the spouses, what is that baseline? What's that income going to change to? Uh, And maybe Social Security reduces and maybe they have a partial benefit on their pension. And now if he passes away, her income drops from $5,000 a month to $3,000 a month. So that's, you know, that's an example. We just need to know what, what our starting point is. Maybe they have a nest egg where they can pull the difference off of there that she needs. But that's all about having a plan for your spouse uh, if they survive after you pass away. 
So, Pat, you were just telling us a little bit about what's going on with our income sources and how that might change when something happens. Talk a little bit about the tax side as well, Um, because as I'm not sure if people quite understand how their income taxes and how their taxes in general might change when something happens to one of them. Yeah, so um, this is actually one of those sneaky situations in finances that can be really tough for people, Um, Jen. uh, When you think of your income taxes in retirement, and then what happens if one of the spouses passes away? Of course, most of us file um, married jointly with the IRS if we're married. And then, of course, if we're not married, then we're filing single. Those tax brackets are very different. And so what we see, what can often happen, Jen, is you might have a married couple and maybe they fit into the 12% income tax bracket in retirement. Uh, but then if a spouse passes away, because of the way the tax brackets reduce so much, that might pop that widow into a 22% mm-hmm. bracket. Uh, And that's one of those things most people don't really think about, you know, and so that's we really have found that as we run scenarios through our retirement uh, projection software, it's an example of how we always talk about uh, we want to be proactive with your tax planning in retirement. We want to help you take control of your taxes in retirement. And the reason is, I can't imagine a, a married couple where they're thinking, oh, I really don't care what type of tax problems that my my spouse has after I'm gone. I mean, I, I can't imagine that happening, and yet it happens every day uh, because of the the way the tax brackets work. So what we want to be thoughtful about is, you know, if you have money that's tax-deferred, like IRAs and 401ks, we want to be thoughtful about what tax bracket they're going to put you in in retirement, assuming you both live, but probably a good idea to look at, well, what happens if one of you passes away and now those brackets have changed? Maybe after thinking about that, you might actually want to be a little more aggressive in your tax plan and making changes uh, in your situation. So it's one of those things that is very rarely talked about. But the last thing we want to do is uh, have a spouse pass away early in retirement and leave a huge tax problem for their surviving spouse. So it's just another example of, you know, when we're talking about a comprehensive retirement plan and a custom-built retirement plan, those are pieces of it. You know, you're tying in your income, your taxes, and your estate planning all together. We want all those pieces fitting perfectly together to make sure that not only everything's going to work out fine for you, but also that you have the peace of mind knowing that it's there. If you don't have that kind of peace of mind about your retirement plan, call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. We offer you a retirement review at absolutely no cost and no obligation as a listener of the show. Once again, just call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and I'm Jen Rizak alongside. Um, Pat, as we talk a little bit about things that could potentially be changing, what do we need to do to, to help make sure our spouse will be okay? Life insurance. Let's talk about that as a possible tool to help make sure our spouse and or loved ones will be okay. What do we need to know there? Yeah, so that's an interesting question, Jen, because you know we're, we spend so much of our time talking about income and taxes and investments on the show. Um, life insurance uh, can be a really important tool. It, of course, depends on where you're at in life. If you are young and married and have little kids and you have a big mortgage, um, it's probably a really smart idea to be looking at having some life insurance, especially because that's a time in your life when you probably don't have a lot saved for retirement. And you know, I always think of it kind of like a, a I don't know, Jen, do you prefer a seesaw or teeter? Totter. <laughs> um, gosh, I think teeter totter. Okay, 
So I, to me, they're, I'm, I'm okay with either. So yeah. maybe we'll do a poll sometime. But if you think of a seesaw or a teeter-totter, one's higher, one's lower, most of us begin our adult life with debt, uh, like a mortgage, and very little in savings or investments. And then hopefully over time, you know, we're paying down the mortgage and that's dropping. And then, of course, you're putting money in your 401k or things like that, and your savings and investments are increasing as you get closer to retirement. So, Jen, one of the questions we get all the time with someone who might be 50 or 55 or 60 and hiring us, they might say, do I even need this life insurance anymore? And it's a very smart question to be asking because maybe at that point you don't need it. But uh, let's say you have life insurance. It still can have a number of potential benefits, even in retirement. So let's say uh, your spouse passes away and they have life insurance. The critical things about life insurance that can be so helpful is, first of all, it is immediate. Generally speaking, you contact the life insurance company. You provide them with a certified death certificate. There's going to be a lump sum of money that's available to you almost immediately. That is certainly not the case with most savings and investments accounts. The second thing is, generally speaking, life insurance proceeds are tax-free. So now you have a lump sum of money that's immediately available and you have no tax issues with. That's a pretty big deal. The third thing I'll add is most life insurance companies now will actually kind of default that into some type of savings account. And generally, they pay a pretty pretty darn good interest rate. So that can be beneficial as well. But a lot of times, uh, Jen, what we have clients looking at is when they're trying to make sure their spouse is going to be okay, we're trying to figure out how much income would be left over And then they might be thinking, well, in addition to that, then there'll be this lump sum of life insurance that could affect, you know, paying off the mortgage or it could affect you being able to invest some of that money and generating income. So it depends on, you know, what you're trying to accomplish, but there's a number of different ways it could be used. Pat, one last question as far as possible changes here that we need to consider. Is there a time when maybe our investment approach would change after the the loss of a spouse, or is that something that's going to, to stay relatively the same? Yeah, if you lose a spouse, the, your investment situation, um, that is definitely going to be very different for each family. Um, it could be we just continue on with what we were doing, or your needs might be totally different. Uh, maybe we had a certain amount of income we needed to generate, and now we need to generate a lot more. So that could change. Uh, as we were just talking about a moment ago, um, maybe, for example, you don't have a big nest egg now, uh, but there was a large life insurance policy, and now you have a much larger nest egg um, that needs to be invested. So that can absolutely change from person to person. You mentioned earlier in the show, Jen, something uh, very smart, which is you're probably not going to want to make enormous you know, investment decisions within a few weeks of a spouse passing away. Mm-hmm. So there should be some type of period of time where you allow the grieving process to happen. But you know, certainly within a few months, it might be time to you know, kind of seriously look at those things and make sure you're prepared for the future. Right, right. An important conversation to have. The biggest question in general for so many people is, how much do I need to save to retire? But for a lot of people, it's followed closely by, will my loved ones, will my spouse be okay if something happens to me? And of course, Pat, there's so many factors that make that a very difficult question to answer when you think about things like inflation and volatility and and higher taxes. It's really tough to answer that question, Will will my spouse be okay if something happens to me? That's absolutely right. And, you know, after working for so many years and saving what you can while taking care of your family and your bills, it's a very stressful time as you're trying to see if you've done enough, if you've saved enough, if you've made the right decisions so your spouse will be okay. We can help you find answers to your questions and create an income strategy that can help you protect what you've saved. If you're listening right now and you don't have an income plan for retirement, we would like to help you create a spending plan to figure out how much you'll need for the retirement you're dreaming about, uncover the main risks 
posing a threat to your retirement, including inflation, tax increases, rising healthcare costs, and loss of income if something happens to you or your spouse, and learn about the options for generating income in retirement for as long as you and your spouse need it. There's no cost and no obligation, but it's just for listeners of the show today. Call 803-9-RETIRE for your retirement income analysis. The things we talk about, the strategies we use are designed to help you make sure the money won't run out no matter how long you live in retirement. We aren't doing this to make you rich. We want to help you make sure you don't end up outliving your money. That number again is 803-9-RETIRE. We have more coming up on Save Your Retirement, but now it's time for today's Medicare Minute with author and Medicare expert, Tim Hanbury. The most complicated part of Medicare is the Part D prescription program because it's different than previous insurances you've had. So here's what you need to know. First, I encourage you to take a few minutes to understand how these plans work. You've heard terms like donut hole or catastrophic level. You need to understand what these terms mean. Chapter 7 of my book explains this, but you can go online to learn about these plans also. You must check to see if the plan covers your medications and what they cost. You can do this by going to Medicare.gov and use their Plan Finder tool to search for the best plan based on your medications. This is especially important if you take expensive brand name medications. You can change plans yearly if you like between October 15th until December 7th. Lastly, the pharmacy you use can impact your costs. Plans will have preferred pharmacies that offer lower copayments. Make sure to check to see which pharmacy would be best for you. Please take some time to understand your Medicare options. Medicare, properly designed, will be the best insurance you ever had. Visit Tim's website, MedicareBlueprint.com, to download a free copy of his book. Or if you would like to talk with Tim, call 803-9-RETIRE to schedule a consultation. find out more about Pat and the team at Preservation Specialists, visit online anytime at retirewithpat.com. That's retirewithpat.com. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Pat is the founder of Preservation Specialists and the author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. And he gets questions each and every week about all things retirement. So we are going to get into our Save Your Retirement mailbag here on the show today and go over some of those retirement questions. Always look forward to this, Pat, because I don't like to show you the questions ahead of time. And they're always so different. So just keeps you on your toes. Keeps you, you on love your toes. That. I do love that. It's one of my favorite things. All right. <laughs> Our first question comes from Kathy from Columbia, who writes that her husband's been laid off after 27 years of factory work. They had a good amount in their emergency fund, so no need to panic immediately. Kathy thinks they're actually going to be fine financially if he retires, but mentally might not be the right choice right now. So, who should they talk to? What should the next step be for these folks? Wow. That's a big one to start with, Jen. Yeah. Um, so first, Kathy, I'm sorry um, for what happened to your husband. Uh, that's a very common scenario we run into. We have people that uh, often, you know, being laid off after 27 years, uh, that is a situation where that kind of instigates someone actually calling us for the first time mm-hmm. uh, and hiring us. That is something that we've had people we've been working with and we've had it happen to them. So, you know, the first thing that I'll mention uh, is this is extremely common. One of the things that we um, put in my books is it talks about how one of the biggest risks right now is retirements are longer mm. because we're living longer, yep. but retirement, the retirement age is actually getting earlier and earlier. 
And that's for three reasons. One is for people choosing to retire earlier, but the other two are not by choice. It's by either for health reasons or it's for being downsized Mm -hmm. and laid off. So this is a very common thing. And, you know, if you were working with us, uh, certainly the first thing we'd want to do is get in and talk and talk about. We just had someone we were working with and they were 62 and they were planning to work to 64. So the first thing we did is we looked at uh, kind of the environment of if they did want to keep working, what that would look like, how easy that would be, especially trying to find a job and telling them, hey, I only only want to stay for two years. You know, there's some professions where maybe that lends itself to that for consulting or something, but there's Mm -hmm. some jobs that's kind of hard to do, right? (laughs) Right. But the main thing we did was we said, well, we have all these projections set up to help you successfully retire at 64. Let's back it up and see what would happen if you stop working now. And so the last person we did that with, they ended up actually deciding to retire and they were able to do that. But of course, that wouldn't be the same case for everyone. So it's a really important time, I would think, to kind of just sit back and kind of look at where you are. And just like I always say, Jen, it's, you know, this, there's nothing super exciting about this, but it's just saying, what do you want to accomplish? Which probably mm-hmm. has to do with how much income you want to have the lifestyle you want in retirement. And then what are the assets you have to do that. Do you have a 401k? Do you have a pension? What are your social security benefits? Uh, You mentioned the emergency fund. You know, is your house paid for? Do you have a large mortgage? You know, all those things go into building your plan. And of course, the main thing we don't want you to do is we don't want you to retire and have to unretire down the Mm -hmm. road. That's a really scary thing, right? We all talk about fearing being the Walmart greeter because we start seeing our our accounts dwindling when we're 75 or 80 or something like that. So we really want to make sure that that kind of thing doesn't happen. But it all comes back to kind of either if you have a plan, reviewing it and adjusting it or creating that plan and kind of seeing where you stand. Yeah. A good reminder that we um, need to plan for the worst just in case. We hope for the best, but sometimes life throws us a bit of a curveball, and that's why we talk about planning each and every well week said. on the show. Greg and Chapin is our next question. Greg inherited an IRA from his father a few months ago, but says, I have no idea what to do with this. Where do I start? So uh, inheriting an IRA, it's a great question, Greg. And part of the reason I say that is IRAs didn't even exist before the 70s. And then they were, I think, you know, in the first years, you could only put like $200 into them or something crazy like that. Yeah. So Hmm. people inheriting IRAs from someone really hasn't been something that's happened for very long. It's really only been the last couple of decades. So Hmm. the one caution I will tell you is there are a lot of rules about how to do this. And even the financial institutions often don't know how to handle it. So Hmm. the main thing that I would do personally is I would want to talk to either uh, if you have a a financial planner, uh, like a firm like ours, or if you have a CPA, I would talk to them, make sure that gets handled properly. The main thing that you would want to know is an IRA, generally speaking, is tax deferred. So if you just put in a claim for that account, let's say it's $100,000 that your father had an IRA, and it's all going to you and you claim it, The moment you sign the forms for that and you touch that check, that is taxable and there's Mm. no going back. So that is the real big thing to make sure you're aware of. The other thing that's important to know is you don't have to do that. Um, There's something called an inherited IRA. And uh, those rules, you know, Jen, we laugh about this, how they change the rules all the time, right, on all these kinds (laughs) of things. The current rule is that you have to pay the taxes on that account within the next 10 years. Uh, Well, that's a big deal. You know, let's a lot of people um, are inheriting an IRA and it might be when they're in their 50s and maybe they're at their highest income earning years. And the last thing you want to do is have a big chunk of money from an IRA taxed in that year. So spreading it out over time could be a really smart move. Mm. We have a number of clients that have had parents pass away and we've helped them do that. And that can really fit nicely into helping you build your retirement plan. 
All right. So a great question to ask. Smart move to ask the question. And let me just take this opportunity to give the phone number really quickly as Pat is talking through some of these possible solutions, answering some of these questions here on the show today. 803-9-RETIRE is the way you can reach Pat Struby and the team at Preservation Specialists. One more time, that's 803-9-RETIRE to get in touch with one of the planners there at Preservation Specialists to get some of your questions answered. 803-973-8473. Our next question comes from Carl in Lexington who wonders, is it wrong to not want to leave an inheritance for the kids. It seems to be so many problems. They argue all the time over everything, even as adults. Nothing ever seems fair. Plus, we paid for braces, college, cars, and weddings. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> life as a parent is certainly not cheap. But, Pat, I feel like we've <laughs> talked about this before, a bit of a change in terms of legacy goals that we see sometimes now. You are exactly right, Jen. Yeah. So do you or do you not want to leave an inheritance? Um, and, and I have seen in this this... Man, it makes me feel my age, Jen. But I was very blessed. I came out of college. I found financial planning right from the very beginning, and I knew that was my calling. I knew that it was what I loved to do. Mm-hmm. And then very soon after that, I was very fortunate to meet a mentor who helped me build an expertise in retirement planning. So mm-hmm. I've worked with retirees for a long time. So, you know, starting out of college, that was January of 1997. Mm-hmm. And back at that time, when I would meet with retirees, so often, Jen, their most common primary goal was I want to leave the biggest pile of money for my kids that I possibly right. can. Right. And it is almost never that I hear that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, most pe- I mean, yeah. the most common answer would be I would like to enjoy my retirement in the best way possible. And then if there's anything left, yep. I either want to divvy it to the kids or I want to do this with my church or mm-hmm. this charity and all those kinds of things. So Carl, it's definitely not wrong to not want to leave an inheritance. The key to the answer is it's all about your goals. It's always about your goals. And one of the things I talk about in my last book, The Retirement Secret, is one of the important things you always need to remember is, and this is more of a problem that men have. I'm sure some women have it too, but men fall for this more is, I got to get the highest return. I got to get the highest return. I got to get a higher return than (laughs) my next door neighbor that was bragging about his return on his stock portfolio or whatever. (laughs) Highest return is great, but it's actually... it actually doesn't matter. What really matters is accomplishing your goals. So Carl, if your goal is to enjoy life, and maybe you want to do things with your kids during your life, but you don't want to leave them a pile of money, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's really about stopping and thinking about what do we really actually want to accomplish. And that can be very powerful. And uh, we've had people say, you know, my parents saved and they didn't ever enjoy it. And we wished they would have. And so what we're going to do is we're going to you know, pay for a beach house and have the family come stay together. Hmm. Or, you know, I mean, there's a million yeah. different things you can do. Or or I'm helping my church, you know, with an expansion so I can get to see the benefit of that. And so that's the really fun thing about what we do is helping people really drill down on their goals. And uh, the other cool thing about it is, depending on what you want to accomplish, there's different tools to do that. If you want to maximize your income and reduce how much is left over, there are financial tools that can help you do that. If you want to leave more to church or charity, there's things to help you do that. So that's why it's really important not only to know what you're trying to accomplish, but also to have someone that has the expertise to know how to leverage that because we can really put those two things together and help you accomplish sometimes much more than you would have thought you could. Yeah, great, great insights there. And so interesting, Pat, just in the amount of time that you've been doing this, how how much that answer has evolved. From, it is. From what it's people, fascinating. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. A, a different different world today, I guess, than than what it used to be. All right, let's yeah. do 
one more. I think we have time for one more. Scott in Casey says, what are some good resources to help me learn about my options for Social Security? Good question there, because there's a lot of options. Yes, and I think we've done shows on Social Security before, so there's a lot of information. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, you know, the very first thing I would certainly say is... I normally don't point people to a government website, um, but um, I think the government website for Social Security is a good start for the basics. So I believe that's Mm -hmm. ss.gov. And the thing about Social Security is I guarantee that it's more complicated and there's more choices than you ever imagined. Uh, We have taught hour-long classes on Social Security, and we run out of time. People have so many questions. And, you know, one of the things, Scott, if you are a single person, you still have a lot of different options to choose from. You can claim as early as 62. You can defer it to 70. Uh, You can claim in any month in between there. There's so Mm -hmm. many different options there and how you tie that in with the rest of your retirement income. But if you're a married couple, there are literally hundreds and hundreds of combinations of options that you can take because you have both of those age brackets for each of you. You have spousal options. If anyone is uh, has been divorced, there's potentially benefits there. If a spouse has passed away, there's surviving widow's benefits as well. So the list goes on and on. And that's one of those things that we've actually invested in. Not only do we have our comprehensive retirement income planning software, but we also have software specifically designed just for Social Security. And we don't lean on either one of those independently. We actually run both and then try and piece everything together because it's really interesting that, well, it's interesting to me at least, but, (laughs) um, you know, there's no set answer. You know, some people say you should claim Social Security as early as you can. Some people say you should delay it as long as you can. And so much of it matters with what you're trying to accomplish and Hmm. what you have available to you. And so we have some that, that claim earlier and some that defer. But there's a lot of options and definitely important to get a lot of information on it. All right. And real quick, as we close out the show, quick corrections corner. I think it's ssa.gov. I just pulled it up. Thank so you. Just, just we don't want to accidentally send anybody to the wrong government website. So ssa.gov and Pat, let's just close out the show here today. What would you like to leave our listeners with in terms of how we can find out a little bit more or get started on the process for putting together our retirement plan? Yeah, uh, Jen, thank you so much for the, the great questions to our four people. Um, those were really um I think questions that we get a lot. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I hope uh, that you enjoyed um, hearing the questions and the answers. If you have questions like that, you can always send them in to the show. But certainly, uh, you also have the opportunity to talk with one of our retirement planners. Uh, and we offer that to listeners of the show at, at no cost and no obligation, whether that's a um, hour that will block off uh, in person, or if you want to do a 15 minute phone call and just maybe hit on a question or two. We offer that by starting with the phone number 803-9-RETIRE. Again, absolutely no cost and no obligation to talk to one of our planners. That's 803-9-RETIRE. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. That's all the time we have for today, but be sure to tune in again next week for more insights from Pat, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a great week. Securities offered through Arcadios Capital, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Arcadios Wealth. Preservation specialists and Arcadios are not affiliated through any ownership.